It's early evening and I'm sitting in my home office thinking about building software businesses while upstairs in the kitchen gingerbread cookies are baked and decorated. The holidays are a season where our priorities clash particularly often. And for me, Christmas is also a time for re-evaluating choices, making long-term plans and preparing for another year of building a legacy. I want to be prepared for a year of building businesses. And for that, I need to know what might happen, what I want to happen, what I want to avoid, and what is enough for me. So today, I will look into my business building plans and share with you how I approach this by going through the exercise myself, and you can come along. This episode of The Bootstrap Founder is sponsored by Acquire.com. More on that later, but maybe this is a good opportunity to mention acquisitions at least, because that is a definite potential outcome of building a business. And I want it to be one, potentially, for me. But it's not the only one. A very welcome one, but by far not the only one. And before I lose myself in this dream of a million-dollar exit, maybe let's take a step back and look at how we can best put all the options on the table. Because the exit is only one end of the spectrum. The good kind, the, the one we want to think about all the time, but we need to look at its opposite too to get the full picture of what life with a business might be. Tim Ferriss often talks about fear-setting, the act of imagining the worst and then understanding that even when that happens, there is a path forward. So let's start with that. I'm building a software business again, and I want to consider the risks involved as early as I can. I have some experience with this, having built one and sold one in the past. And with that level of insight and experience, I can start it differently this time around. I think it's important to know where problems may come up in the future, near future or far future, and how to handle them, both at that point, and maybe also how I can prepare for them, avoid them, right? So let's think about the worst case scenarios first here, and what we do to either deal with them or better yet, prevent them in the first place. In a software business, there are quite a few things that can go wrong. Obviously, there's the software part, but there's also the people part. And the most obvious problem is that nobody might want to be a customer. For example, with Podline, the business that I'm building, it would be pretty bad if nobody cared about the product, which is supposed to connect podcasters with their listeners, right? If neither listeners nor podcasters would care about this, or if podcasters would only use the free version and then never pay it because there wasn't any reason for them to do so. This could make the business too expensive to run, and that's a problem. As a software developer and a founder, one of the biggest fears that I have is that nobody will want what I offer. I think this is as intense a fear as for a comedian if they had nobody laughing at their jokes. I think for founders, nobody wanting your product is equal in terms of how scary it sounds. But I don't think this is such a big problem when you look at it, the business that I'm building at least, as one small bet in a portfolio of many. And I think that's what Podline is for me. And it is intentionally that from the beginning. I have other things going on. I have other skills like coding and writing. And I can always work on other projects and explore new markets, new technologies, new ideas. The current running cost of Podline is in the high-ish two figures, less than $100 per month. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon no matter how many people use the product. That's how I built it. And I think this bet can last a long while, and I could potentially create a few more just like it and still stay in my own budget. And I was talking about this with my partner, Danielle, recently. Even if this product never makes any money, I think it's still a great investment. 
I get to build in public. I get to share this whole journey. I get to explore ideas and concepts and frameworks and teach them to people who are also willing to build something. And no matter if it succeeds massively or if it fails, there is value in knowing how to do it, right? Not every bet pays off, but even taking the bet is already an important step. Beyond that, I get to work and partner with people in the industry I'm interested in, in podcasting, an industry that is seeing massive growth. So there's a lot of momentum happening. And right now, in my financial situation, this whole thing, this whole business is a pretty low-cost gamble with potentially massive upside if it works. And even if nobody wants to use my product, I can still make money from the podcast that I have and the info products that I have out there. So while it's not ideal to not have customers for a product in this fear-setting potential scenario, it's not the end of the world either. If nothing ever came out of this, I would still have learned how to code with AI assistance as I've been recently exploring on, on this podcast and just in my work. And I still would have learned how powerful the Laravel framework and the ecosystem is and getting to know more about the business side behind that and how to write solid prompts for open AI's APIs, all that stuff, there's still value in this. Another fear I have is that I'm actively overestimating my ability to make money from this product. The fear here is that I'm talking to the wrong people, or I'm talking to the right people, but they don't have a budget. I think I understand the challenges of podcasters well enough, but I may need to change direction and explore other tools or mediums at some point. I think that's okay with me as a fear-based scenario, because I'll figure it out. I always have, and I will. And I don't have a short runway, so I think... It is a possible reality for me to have to change things as I learn more about the people that I'm trying to serve. That's just the reality of running a business. But what I want it to be is profitable from an early start because that is both validation of the market, the budget, the audience, the potential customer base, all of that. There needs to be some profitability. So what if it takes too long to generate enough revenue for this project to be sustainable? That's another scenario. Uh, I think I can handle low expenses for a while, but I do see another risk here for myself because I know myself well enough. I could become bored along the way. If there's not enough engagement by real people, why would I want to build more? Why would I focus more? Because if it's supposed to help people, well, what if it doesn't? Stopping to care makes projects fail. I've witnessed this in my own experience working with other people who stopped caring because they had other things going on. And if I didn't want to work on Podline, that kind of self-imposed limitation might prevent me from giving it my all, which I think every business needs. So how will I handle this? Well, this is one of those things where if I arrive at that point, it's already too late. So I better prevent it. I will follow my own entrepreneurial advice and keep building this in public, even though it might be painful. I'll keep communication lines open. I'll share the good and the bad. I'll engage with the community, both as a founder of a business and a podcaster that is active within this community, and I will actively market and talk about the product within that community. I will partner with people, reach out, back channel, front channel, whatever it might need. I will stay engaged. I will stay with my finger on the pulse of this community. Because I know myself, I tend to focus too much on the fun stuff, the engineering stuff. So I need to keep an eye 
on what I do. If I fall into complacency, I will just start coding away in my software developer basement dungeon and isolate myself. I think that's very dangerous. I know myself well enough to know that if there is some kind of potential uh, agitation or things uh, don't feel like they're easy, I might retract into this state and I don't want this. Instead, I will always approach this business as an involved podcaster in the middle of my community and to succeed, I need to stay connected with people. And there's one more fear I have, and it's an all too likely one. Peter Levels just posted about this earlier this week. Uh, he was talking about his usage of Mapbox for his map-based hood maps tool that has become extremely expensive because he can't control how many people use it. The API key is in the front end and people could abuse it if they wanted to. And I think that's kind of what happened there. So he had to switch providers to another one that he had more control over. But there was a pretty sizable bill that he would have had to pay if it wasn't for Mapbox who said, that's fine, you don't have to pay this. I think that's my biggest financial fear with this project. Worse even than not making any money. Because if everything becomes extremely expensive due to a mistake that I might make, I might actively lose money on something that by default shouldn't cost me more than a hundred bucks a month. And at Podline, I'm working with external dependencies like OpenAI, talked about this, right? The, the APIs that I use for my uh, summarization and transcription of the, the voice messages that go through Podline. And there's file hosting because those voice messages, the MP3s and the WAV files, they need to live somewhere. So I pay for these services, which charge per API call or per file hosted, or the size of the file hosted. So there's a risk that someone could abuse the platform that I built and cause financial damage by creating a lot of data or using the AI features excessively and uncontrollably. So to prepare for this, I need to make it as hard as possible to abuse, obviously, but I also need alerts in place for each platform that I use to ensure that I don't spend more than what I want to spend in a month. And I also need to protect my credentials, like the example with Peter where it was impossible to pr protect them. I don't think that's the case for me, but I need to protect them even more than making sure that those credentials, the API keys and whatnot, don't leak from my server or ever appear in my code or screenshots or anything like this. I have to be really careful. Having a quick way to invalidating these credentials is pretty crucial for me at this point to maintain operational security. And since I have these alerts, the payment alerts already set up, all I need to do now is to make sure that I read the alert emails when they come in and have a plan in place to cycle credentials in a crunch to quickly do this. I tend to write SOPs for these kind of things, like really step-by-steps, click this link, log into AWS, click this link, um, click on the cycle credential button or delete credential, whatever, the step-by-step -step to make it very easy for myself to execute when I need to so I don't make a mistake along the way and I know exactly what login and what password to use, that kind of stuff. And if I'm not here for this, to be able to give somebody else that SOP and the relevant credentials to be able to lock in and do this for me real quick is also important. So I have structured secret SOPs, I guess, that I use for myself. And if somebody else needs to help me, I can quickly give them. I have this, I think, in Notion. I usually do this in Notion because that's quickly shareable if I need to. But yeah, be prepared. That's really what it is. So yeah, those are my fears. And I think this has been a number of uh, different kind of fears, right? There, there are many, many different things that how a business could go wrong. 
it become could become too expensive, it might not generate revenue, it could get boring, but I have mitigation plans and avoidance strategies for each of these. So next, let's explore the positive outcomes here while still considering their costs. I think this is important for this exercise. You have to look at what the good path might be, but there still is cost involved for each of these wonderful scenarios, even the exit, if we think about it, right? Somebody else is paying you a lot of money, but to get there and to keep building value, that involves something. Because it's important to think that most people want to be entrepreneurs for freedom, financial security, and the ability to do what they want. Achieving this requires lots of time and effort to be able to create this extraordinary value that others will pay millions for. This is kind of where selling your business comes in, right? Through platforms like Acquire or business brokers or private equity companies to create that value that other people want, are going to give you a couple million for. You need to spend a lot of time working hard and engaging with others in your community. And that is time not spent on anything or anyone else. That's important to know. Let's imagine an amazingly positive scenario where Podline gains lots of customers and within a few months we have thousands of dollars in monthly recurring revenue. It's likely a high retention product since I hope that it becomes part of a podcast routine to have people call in and send voice messages. So let's just say retention is high, churn is low, and it just keeps growing and growing. Ideal scenario, right? How much time should I spend on this? What about customer service or adding new features? Is there a limit even to the scope of this business? Could it grow into something much bigger or should it stay in its little niche? Will it always be a side project or could it become a full-time job? Should it become a full-time job? And how will it affect my time for other things like my podcast, my newsletter, building my online brand or my family? I mean, I said that Christmas is a time for reflection. Well, reflect I did. And right now, I don't want Podland to be a full-time project, which might be surprising because most founders want their projects to be the thing, right? They want to be able to quit their job and work on their own SaaS, or they want to go like 80 hours a week, full-time grind mode to build a massive business to then sell it a couple of years down the road and become millionaires. Well, that's an interesting potential opportunity in the future, but I think for at least another year, I would like this to be a part-time thing. Halftime, really. I want to spend no more than 20 hours a week on Podline, including customer service and marketing. And although I've automated a lot of tasks already, I still want time for my media business and most importantly, my family. All of this needs to happen still while Podline grows. I became an entrepreneur so I could have flexibility in my schedule and spend time with loved ones. I wanted agency and autonomy. In the past, I spent too much time building software businesses and that hurt my physical health, and my relationships along the way. I don't want to repeat that, mostly because I don't have to. It was different back then. I had to kind of grind it out to see where it was going. But right now, I am in a different situation. Podline is a simple software as a service project. And it shouldn't get in the way of me being with my family. And even if the business does well, spending time with my people is more important than making Podline a full-time business at least not a solopreneurial one. That's the thing, right? I can have a business that doesn't need me to work all the time and still brings in good income. That would be perfect. I'd consider hiring somebody else to handle the daily operations, like a CEO of that business, while I stay involved as the founder, owner, and board member. But full-time SaaS, plus a media business, plus all the other things, and then having time for family, that's not happening. So what is the best possible long-time outcome here? term outcome here. 
Well, there are two options for me. One is to keep owning the business and have it generate steady income without too much effort on my part. It's kind of the autopilot with slight improvements over time that just keeps running and chugging along. Ideally, it would bring in a mid-five-figure monthly recurring revenue, just like Feedback Panda did, my previous business that we sold in 2019 for, um, well, not allowed to disclose it, but we were making around $50,000 in monthly recurring revenue. If it reaches this level this time, I would probably not sell at this point. I would keep this business running for as long as I can. But if Kotlin grows into a six-figure monthly recurring revenue business, I might think about selling it. My magic number for selling would probably be in the mid-seven figures, a couple million. And with Podline helping potentially thousands of podcasts connect with millions of their listeners, that's quite possible to reach. I'd consider selling this business once it reaches maybe 80 to 100K MRR, and then you know, then the negotiations start and it keeps growing anyway. But yeah, if it's six figures a month, I could see selling this. But until then, it'll be a great source of income for me, provided that it does create income, right? That's gonna. That's why this is the positive side of this exercise. Obviously, this suggests that there are customers that are willing to pay for this, that I find the right price point, I find the right way to position the business and communicate the value and keep them engaged and nurture them and all of that, right? That's That's happening. I'm looking at beyond that. I could then reinvest some of that money into the business, keep growing, hire people to work for me, and turn it into a full-time project for someone else. Maybe myself, but that's future talk right now. I don't want that. And this way, I could spend more time with the people that I care about. As I approach 40 years of age, I don't want to waste time on tasks that others can do or want to do and things that don't add value over time. I want everything that I do to have a cumulative effect and help me create the lifestyle I desire. Because that's what this is, running a profitable lifestyle business, a calm and intentional, profitable lifestyle business. That's what I want to do. Something that allows me to live life on my terms. And I think this is enough for me. Owning and operating such a business would be my ideal outcome. And that's what I project. That's what I want to manifest with this exercise, right? What is the thing I actually want to build. Because I could build all things, right? I could build a business that makes no money. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Just build it and then nobody will come. Or I could build a business that makes massive amounts of money and have to hire like whole teams of people. But do I want that? I don't think so. What I want is a lifestyle business that slowly and calmly grows profitably. And then I want to see where this goes. But I don't want to overdo it either way. So as the year nears its end, these are my thoughts on running a software business. I hope this exercise allowed you to glimpse into the mind of someone who's been there and still chooses to do it once again. And if you think I missed anything here, any scenario that you felt I should address or that you had in your own experience or that you fear for your own journey, let me know. Send me a message using Podline, that'd be cool, at podline.fm slash arvid. I would really appreciate that. And if you want me to answer any other question that you have on the show, I would love that too. Podline.fm slash Arvid. And that's it for today. I will now briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com. Let's keep imagining things. Let's imagine your founder who's built this really cool SaaS product. Podline. Let's use Podline as an example. We have acquired customers and we're generating really consistent MRR. We are living the SaaS dream. Problem is... At some point, there's a lack of focus, a lack of skill, or just like a lack of interest. Just You just feel stuck 
running this business or I feel stuck running this business. What should I do? Well, the problem is that everybody tells me that I should buckle down and reignite the fire, get to work and build something that six months down the road makes all that money, right? Triple your revenue, that kind of thing. But reality is in that moment, unfortunately not the case. The situation that I'm facing there is so difficult and every founder who's facing this has a different scenario that they're looking into. But too many times for all founders who have this problem, that business is great, it's running, but it's not growing anymore. Well, the story here ends up one being one of inaction or stagnation because they don't know what to do. Until the business declines, it becomes less and less valuable over time or worse, completely worthless. So if I would find myself here or you find yourself here, or you think your story is headed down this road, I would think about selling this business on acquire.com because I understand that the value of my time as a founder is extremely valuable. Capitalizing on this is a good idea and listing my business on acquire is free. They've helped hundreds of founders already in the past. So why would I not? I mean, it's anonymous and I could see what people offer just to see what the value is that I could get for it right now, still better than nothing and still better than, ha than having something that declines. So go to try.acquire.com slash Arvid and see for yourself if this is the right option for you, your business at this point in time. It never hurts to be prepared and you can always learn something from the process, which I guess for founders is what we do anyway. So why not list? Thank you so much for listening to the Bootstrap Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You find my books on my Twitter course there too. And if you want to support me on this show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Get this podcast in your podcast player of choice and leave a five-star rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder and then finding the platform that you listen to podcasts on. This makes a massive difference because if you show up there, then the podcast will show up in people's feeds. And that is really appreciated. Any of this will help the show. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day and bye-bye. And I guess it's not time for happy new year yet, but happy holidays. <laughs>